Blog Talk Radio.
set up to do our part shortly. So um, look and tell us who bringing the broadcast there, young line, and, and that give me a chance to step a little bit. But I'm all ears. So young line, travel yada Judah. Who all carry this broadcast as we speak? Come on. All right, kids. We'll see you right right now. We uh we know we live on Blog Talk Radio. But we also, you can catch us on uh, Pal Talk, and you can catch us on YouTube. If you type in those keys for the YouTube page at B-O-T-T-Y, try Y-H-D-H. Once again, you can catch us on YouTube at B-O-T-T-Y, try Y-H-D-H. You can also catch us on Facebook. And you can just type in those keys and pull up B-O-T-T-Y. On the Facebook page, and we'll pop up. And you have any uh, questions or comments, you can also call the international line at 224-600-5579. Once again, that number is 224-600-5579. I want you to know that on any one of our stations, you can um, pull up any one of the previous shows, like Facebook, Anytime we was live or anytime you missed an episode, anything like that from the Blog Talk Radio, you can also pull it up on Facebook. And um, also on the blog on a on a Blog Talk Radio, you can just go pull us up at Tribe Y H D H, Tribe Y H D H, and you'll catch us on on uh, <clears throat> at Sports of the Tree as well, like. And you can pull up the Blog Talk uh, Radio station and pull up any one of the previous lectures as well. And you can always follow us and listen in live on Pal Talk. You can catch us in the Pal Talk room as well. Um, don't forget about the YouTube page at B-O-T-T-Y, Y H D H. Once again, any one of the um, previous uploaded shows that we had put on the station or the YouTube page. And we want to make sure we edify the audience make sure that the people know that we got a big job to do. So uh, that's how we rolling right now, says Real C. Roy. We say, over to you, says Real. Rabbi Yadda Jew. Hallelujah. Yeah, hallelujah. Well, you know, I got a lot of memorable in, and one of a uh, major question was asked. Here, you know, um, we would agree with the broadcast, and and why do you emphasize so much about the children of Israel? Why do you emphasize so much about the ch- children of Israel? And it's about everybody. <laughs> and I said, well, well, you know, I said in my mind, that's a great question. Why do we emphasize so much about the children of Israel? So, and we know we. We putting together a twelve tribes of Israel school book for well matter of fact it can be for the children but in the same token it can be for the adults too because mm-hmm. it can be for everybody. So that's a that's a great question. Why do we emphasize so much about the children of Israel? So um young Lionel Let's see if we do a little run on that emphasize because see one time one thing about it when 
statement is made in a genuine statement, you have to investigate why do you make so much empathy of the children of Israel and basically of no one else. Now, help me out there, young man. I'm looking for a book since that's what we own, but may not be able to get anything situated better if we can see what do Luke chapter 12, verse 12 say. May not be able to get myself situated, young man. After we hear from Luke chapter 12, verse 12, y'all line what they say. The book of Luke chapter 12, verse 12, verse 12 reads, For the righteous spirit shall teach you in the same hour what you are to say. Yeah, and I believe that, young line. And we don't run away from anything. If any, if any question is legit, we will examine it, spirit led, on the wrong because we just heard that. So we want to examine that spirit led young line by looking at the book of Thomas, verse three. Let's let's look at Thomas, verse three. We know the book of Thomas is not in the canon. But the book of Thomas, he he's very legit because I tell you what, let's see if we find his resume real quick. Let's get his resume first. Let's go to Genesis, I mean Matthew chapter ten. And what we're looking for is the resume of Thomas. Why should we even listen to anything Thomas got to say? Let's see if we put up his resume in the Bible there, young line. In Matthew chapter 10, let's see if Thomas got something to say, why should we listen to him? Let's, let's, let's find out. In Genesis chapter 10, can we read until we, kept, until we find his name in Genesis 10, 1? And try to put up his resume to see why we why would we say anything about going to the book of Thomas? What is his resume that we can read? Ten verse. Keep reading down until you find Thomas and get his resume. That come on, that young line. All right, we're going to the book of Matthew, chapter ten, and picking up at verse number one. Verse one reads. <clears throat> And when he called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now, the names of the twelve apostles are these. The first Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew his brother, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, verse 3, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas. So we find out that Thomas is one of the twelve that was picked to be a disciple of the mighty one. So he was picked to be a disciple, Thomas is. 
So now, and if that's the case, he was picked to be a disciple of that young lion. And what was said to Thomas, he was picked to be a disciple. But what was said to him that we can read in the 20th chapter of St. John? Something was said to him there, young lion. You know, uh, we just going to shoot the spirit lead, but when you stand back off of it, you're going to see exactly why we do what we do by resumes. Resumes. The 20th chapter of St. John. Can you can we look right down at verse number 24? St. John chapter 20, and pick up verse 24 there, young line. What does that say? All right. We're going over to the book of St. John chapter 20, and we're picking it up at verse number 24. The book of St. John chapter 20, verse number 24 reads, But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Genemus, was not with them when Yahweh the son came. Seeing the Yahweh, but he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hand the prince of the nail, and put my finger put my finger into the print of the nail, and thrust my hand into his side, I would not believe. Verse twenty six. And after eight days, again, his disciples were with him, and Thomas with them. Then came Yahweh the son, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Verse 27. Then said he to Thomas, Reach here your finger, and behold my hand, and reach here your hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believe." All right. So now, so there it is. Now, once, now once he taken Thomas to the side and took him to the Almighty School. Let's see what happened next. After that, now he said, Thomas, don't be faithless. Believe. Now let's let's see when you are a believer, what do you do next behind exactly what he said? What would you do next? Read the next verse. All right. Verse twenty six. I mean verse twenty eight. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Yahweh, my Yahweh. Twenty nine. Oh, oh, so say so. Thomas, once Thomas got enlightened, when he looked at him, it was clear that he was what again now, young man? He looked My Yahweh. Uh, go ahead. And, and verse 28, Thomas answered and said unto him, My Yahweh, my Yahweh. So, so what do that mean? Let's go to St. John 5, 43. See, once you is enlightened, that's why we come on this broadcast to enlighten you. See, once you enlighten on why we do what we do, 
then you'll have the same conclusion if you enlighten the proper way. So when Thomas was called doubted, doubt for Thomas, doubting Thomas, Yahweh came and pulled him to the side and rehabilitated him because, like I said again, and like us today as a people, we all over the place. But we come on this broadcast six nights a week and be back on tomorrow at 6 o'clock to turn the light on, to inform you why we do what we do now. You folks at the same resort as he looked at it and say, my Yahweh, my Yahweh. Why did he say that? We're going to uh, St. John 5, 4, 3. Okay, we're going over to the book of St. John, chapter 5. And we pick it up at verse 43. The book of St. John, chapter 5, verse 43 reads, I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. So you see, so he came in his Father's name, and that's why he was called by the Father's name when he walked the face of earth. He was called Yahweh. He was not called Yahshua, Lord, um, Jesus. When you were enlightened, you will see this man as Yahweh, the Son, in the flesh. See, what's once you enlightened? This is what you will see. So the signs you will see, now we got to get a precept on that in Matthew 16. That's why I say you have to always put Luke 12, 12 on the table, then he'll start enlightening you on where he wants the lesson to go. So now we're going to Matthew 16 there, young lion. And we, once you enlighten, you will see him as Yahweh. Now we'll get a precept verse on that by going to Matthew chapter 16. And the question on the table and we're going to pick it around by verse number 13. 16, 13, and we'll read to and get our point. We're going to read down to verse 16. Listen good, because see, the same way the Spirit operates, it operates to those that become a believer. So now we're going to get another a precept on a case in point by going to Matthew 16 and pick up at verse 13 down to verse 16. Take your time, young line. I think I think we're going to sum up on something, young line. So we might as well deal with it and lay, and put our case on why we do what we do because I have reviewed a lot of your the tape. And, and we specifically, all we hear you basically talking about is the children of Israel and nobody else. So that's what I want to know. Why do y'all do that? Okay, good. That's a good question. It's an honest question. And we're going to find out along the way of find out something in Matthew 16, 13, down to verse 16. What does it say that young line? The book of Matthew, chapter 16, 16 down to verse 15. Verse 13 reads. When Yahweh the Son came, 
sir. Okay. The, the book of Matthew, chapter 16, verse 13 down to 16. Verse 13 reads, When Yahweh the son came into the coast of Caesarea, Philip, Philip, he asked his disciples, Whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? Verse 14. And they said, Some say that you are John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah the seer, or one of the seers. Verse 15. He said unto them, But whom say you that I am? Verse 16. And Simon Peter answered and said, You are Yahweh, the son of the living Yahweh, the father. So you see, once you're enlightened, you will see this man as Yahweh, the son. That's once you're enlightened. So you will see that you will see him as Yahweh the Son. Then you will see the prophecy in the book of the 49th chapter of Isaiah. See, we, we're going to shoot the spirit led through Yahweh. We're going to the 49th chapter of Isaiah. And we're going to just follow the look that Gideon here and tell you, yeah, that sounds pretty good. You know something, here. Now go to Isaiah 49, verse 5 and 6. What it says that we can read in Isaiah 49, verse 5 and 6. What it say there, young line? The book of Isaiah, chapter 49, verse 5 and verse 6. Verse 5 reads, And now, said the Yahweh, that formed me from the womb, to be his servant, to bring Israel again to him. Though Israel be not gathered, yet shall I be glorious in the eyes of Yahweh, and my Yahweh should be my strength. Verse 6. And he said, It is a light thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Israel and to restore the preserved of Israel. I will also give you for a light to the Gentiles, that you may be my salvation unto the end of the earth. Uh-huh. So the prophecy, uh, the prophecy we read here that was told to Isaiah that he, there's a conversation going on in heaven. And he was telling Isaiah to fear that that he was born from the womb, and his mission was to bring again Israel to him. So if he was to bring Israel to him, although they not gathered. Now, how do you make a statement like that? In 700 B.C., although they not gathered, but his mission, when he when he do come in the flesh, it was to bring Israel to him, and also be a light to the Gentile. Now that's big talk right there. 
So now we clear on some good stuff here that what he got to do when he come in the body was to bring Israel again to him. He said, but it's the right thing for you to bring Israel to me. I will also make you a light to the Gentiles. That's big. Now, see, that's, now see, that's big talk. So we have to examine what we read here, but this is some good talk. So what got to be done, let's go to the book of uh, Susanna. Go to the book of Susanna there, 148, young man. See, that's how Yahweh operates. We're going to the book of Susanna out there, the red book that was taken away in 1885. And we're going to look at something in one, chapter 1, verse 48, in the book of Susanna. What do we say there, young man, in the book of Susanna, 148? What does it say? We're going to the book of Susanna, chapter 1, verse 48. Verse 48 reads. So he's standing in the midst of them, said, Are you such fools, you sons of Israel, that without examination or knowledge of the truth, you have condemned a daughter of Israel? He said, he said, he called, you fools, oh Israel, you got to always examine something. Don't just take nobody's word for anything. You have to always examine See, I mean, you had always examine it. Then you precept to examine to examine something. How do you examine anything? Why we do what we do? You got to examine it. So, in the 17th chapter, verse 10 and 11 of Acts, let's talk about how do you examine anything. See, remember, the key to it is examine things. Why do we? Talks about the children of Israel and the bold little man, Y-H-W-H. Okay, good. Because we examine things. And for you to know the truth of the matter, you have to examine things also. And then you will see it through these lessons that come unfold today and tomorrow on why we specifically talked about the children of Israel. And we talked about the four-letter man, Yahweh. We're going to examine that and see what can we get out of Acts 17, verse 10 and 11. What does it say there, young line? We're back 10 and verse number 11. Verse 10 reads, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul to Silas by night unto Berea, who coming there went into the temple of Yadah-Judah. Verse 11, these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, and that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. You see that? They searched. They, they heard what was going on, but they searched the scriptures daily to see what was saying the soul. And see, that's what we, we got to have a tool to search the scriptures daily to see whatever we've been taught can it hold up. Go to Second Thessalonians 
So I'll make it first, 521. Second Thessalonica, chapter 5, verse 21 there, young man. We're going to that book, 521. All right. What do you say? We're going to the book of 1 Thessalonians, verse 21. 21 reads, Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Prove all things and hold fast what's good. See, the key to it is to prove all things and hold fast what is good. There you go. Let's run to the book called Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 8. All right, we're going over to the book of Philippians. We want chapter four. We're gonna pick it up at verse number eight. We're going over to the book of Philippians, chapter four, verse number eight reads. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, and if there be any praise on these things. Is that? Verse 9. Uh-huh. Verse 9. So again, that's it. That's all to That's all on one verse. So he says, again, he's saying, in a nutshell, prove all things. Whole things are good. Make sure what you're saying, you 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 know, you you saying it because you can prove what you're working with. Let's go to Romans chapter 14, verse 17 and 18. So we're gonna run you around the backyard for a minute, but then we then we gonna run you around the backyard. Then we gonna cut straight through the middle and be ready at the throat of what we try to bring, and we put we put the Kung Fu grip on the neck, and then we're going to weigh it out. We're going to set it up to weigh you out. Romans chapter 14, verse 17 and 18 says what? Romans chapter 14, verse 17 and 18. The book of Romans chapter 14, verse 17 and verse 18. Verse 17 reads, For the kingdom of Yahweh is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the righteous spirit. Verse 18. For he that in these things serveth Yahweh the Son is acceptable to Father and approved of men. You see what he said? He said, now the kingdom is not just meeting and drink. See, the kingdom is going to be righteousness. See, if your goal is to one day be in the kingdom, you know, as we as we taught in Christian Dome, Islam, Judaism, are up up in the way. But we found out one thing, but we we found out what we just got through reading, that you have to be to get to the kingdom, you have to be righteous. There's no right there. So you have to be righteous to get to the kingdom and we go on precept and see how do you be righteous 
And then we're going to find out, well, who is righteous? But this is how you got to be to get to the kingdom. We found out that you got to be righteous. You got to be righteous. How do you be righteous in 625 of Deuteronomy? How do you be righteous? You go on and get those. What you call the heavenly tablet on the first five books. It will give us a definition how to be righteous, and you got to examine yourself and see how you righteous yourself by looking at 625 of the book called Deuteronomy. What does it say in your line? The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse 25. 25 reads, And it should be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments, laws, before the Yahweh, our Yahweh, as he has commanded us. It will be our right if we do the commandments that he commanded us. Now, that's a broad word. That if, if, if we just say and leave that like it is, to do the commandments that us to do it, that is all over the place. So we got to tighten that up. Who are you talking to about doing your commandments in the us that we can read all together? We're going to see about the us by going to Exodus chapter 19, verse 3, 9, verse 8. We're going to Exodus chapter 19 there, young line. 3, down to verse 8, and, and keep that academy voice going on because we're working on something. We're building as it unfolds. Exodus 19, 3 down to verse 8. You own something, keep it moving. Come on. 3 down to verse 8. Verse 3 reads, And Moses went up unto Yahweh, and the Yahweh called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shall you say to the family of Israel, and tell the children of Israel. Verse 4. You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians. And how I bear you on eagles' wings, and bought you unto myself. Verse 5. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Verse 6. You shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, and a righteous nation. These are the words which you shall speak unto the children of Israel. Verse 7. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words which the Yahweh commanded him. Verse 8. And all the people answered together and said, All that the Yahweh has spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Yahweh. Now, so we find out that he was talking specifically to the children of Israel, and the Almighty said to Moses, now you go tell the children of Israel, if if you do this, this is what you got coming. If you keep my covenant, and you will be a special people to me. These are the words that were told to 
by Moses to Aaron to tell the children of Israel. That's nice. So now we're going to run into the new book, which really is a continuation of writing, but we'll talk about the new book. So we go on to the new book, you see, as time progresses on, did anything change? Now he says, the Almighty told Moses, you go tell the children of Israel, if you do this, you will be a special people under me. Well, I hear you saying WCC, World Council of Churches, it don't send no special people. It said mm-hmm. peculiar people. Okay, good. But if you precept that, you know, just you know, just to put you at comfort zone, it definitely tell you what the word what peculiar mean by going to Deuteronomy seven verse six. So we just let's take care of WCC there, young line. We're gonna take care of WCC because they saying that it don't say what you just got to read. So if it if it don't say that, that means we got to precept that and find out exactly what do peculiar mean. You'll be a, a special. I mean, a peculiar people to me. So let's precept that young line for the WCC and Deuteronomy seven verse six. And let's find out what is the Bible definition of peculiar people unto him. What does it say in Deuteronomy 7, verse 6? In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7, picking it up at verse number 6, verse 6 reads, For you are a, for you are an righteous people unto the Yahweh, your Yahweh. The Yahweh, your Yahweh, has chosen you to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. Yeah. So we do find out that the word peculiar means the almighty old little man is telling the children of Israel, if you obey and do right, because you've been chosen to be a special people, again, above all nations, not tied in with them, but above all nations. So this is the bragging rights that was given to the children of Israel and the world understood it then, but they don't understand it now. But our job is to bring back the good old days, the good old days, according to the Bible. So when your line read, when your line read in 19 verse 5, if you keep my covenant, then you will be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. Then we precept that to 7 verse 6 and find out the word peculiar means special and above all people. So you see that? When you precept your Bible, that's when you get the understanding, but you have to precept your Bible. So now, and then once you precept your Bible, you go to Deuteronomy 26, 15 down to verse 19, and it tells you the benefit of it, precept your Bible to get the benefit of it. 
So now let's see what happens when you precept your Bible and understand your role was to be a kingdom of priests, a special treasure to the four-letter man, Y-H-W-H. And your position is to be above all of the other 17 nations. That's what we're going to read so far. Now, we're going we gonna to show you, once you understand that, you untie the hands of the ones that have been anointed to take care of this business. Watch the conversation once you untie the hands of the ones he gave the message to. We're going to Deuteronomy 26, and we'll look at verse 15 down to verse 19. This is good, because we're going to break down why we do what we do according to Scripture. Deuteronomy 26. 15 down to verse 19. What is saying online? Book of Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 15 down to verse number 19. Verse 15 reads. Look down from your righteous habitation, from heaven, and bless your people Israel, and the land which you have given us, as you swear unto our fathers, a land that floweth with milk and honey. Verse 16. This day the Yahweh, your Yahweh, has commanded you to do these statutes and judgments. You should therefore keep and do them with all your mind and with all your soul. Verse 17. You have about the Yahweh this day to be your Yahweh and to walk in his ways and to keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and to hearken unto his voice. Verse 18, and the Yahweh has about you this day to be his special people as he has promised you and that you should keep all his commandments. Verse 19, and to make thee high above all nations which he hath made in praise and in name and in honor and that you may be as Righteous people unto the Yahweh, your Yahweh, as he has spoke. Again, that you might be that you might be a righteous people to your mighty one. So he says, these are the words that were told to the children of Israel to be a righteous people. Now we got to precept that again to see the anything change about being righteous by going to one nineteen. Verse 6, 0, 142, and 144. We're going to Psalms 1, 119, verse 6, 0, 60, then 142, and 144. What is it say there, young line? All right. Going over to the book of Psalms, we want chapter... 119, we're going to read verse 60, 140, 142, and 144. The book of Psalms, 119, verse 60, read, I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. Verse 142, your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness. 
in your law is the truth. The righteousness of your covenant is everlasting. Give me understanding, and I shall live. You see that? So you letting you know the righteousness is by you keeping the covenant, the commandments, the law, and you will live. But like I can say again, now we got to start tying in who we talking about, but we clear that we know who this message has been talking about, but we're going to make, make sure we beat it a little bit more. Now we're going to first Peter chapter 2, two there, young line, and we're going to look at verse 4 and 5. We're going to first Peter chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. What did I say there, young line? Okay, we're going to read the book of First Peter. We want chapter 2, and we want to read verse 4 and verse number 5. The book of First Peter, chapter 2, verse 4 and verse number 5. Verse 4 reads, To whom coming as unto a living stone disallowed, indeed of men, but chosen of Yahweh, and the precious. Verse 5. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual temple and righteous priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to Yahweh the Father by Yahweh the Son. So now, so now you brought in some of uh, someone have been chosen to lead by example, but they were chosen to do this. So now we have to find out through the precept that what was Peter pulling that verse from, because he found out he's talking about a people that were chosen to do the statutes, laws, and commandments, and, and show up spiritual psalms and hymns. That means supposed to put it out spiritually, but they were chosen to do this. So now we have to find out who is chosen and take it from there. So who is chosen? We must go through the precept and see who is he talking about. Is it the whole world or is it the specific people that's chosen? We'll go to, we're going to Isaiah 41. And see what 41 verse 1 say. I'm trying to tie in this world with Peter pulling this first Peter 2, 4, and 5 from. Because he, he didn't put a name on who was chosen because he knew you knew, knew your foundation, which we're going to read in 1, 41 verse 1. What is saying in Isaiah 41 verse 1 that young line? Going over to the book of Isaiah, chapter 41, and picking up at verse number 1. The book of Isaiah, chapter 41, verse 1 reads, Keep silence before me, O Isaac, and let the people renew their strength. Let them come near, then let them speak. Let us come near to gather to judgment. Mm-hmm. Good. Now, it's 
he talked some good stuff. Now we're going to skip down to verse number eight. So now he, so he, now you just heard some good talking right there. Now we're going to pick it up at verse number eight. Now we're going to do verse eight. What does verse eight say? Verse eight reads, But you, Israel, are my servant. Israel, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. So you see, who was chosen again was Israel. Israel is who I have chosen. He said, and Abraham is my friend. So you see, he chose Israel. So Peter didn't put Israel in because Peter was talking to Israel. He didn't have to put it in because they had their foundation. See? 44 verse 1. Precept. 44 verse 1. The book of Isaiah, chapter 44. We'll pick it up at verse number 1. The book of Isaiah, chapter 44, verse 1 reads, Yet now hear, O Israel, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. So the one that was chosen to do Bible was Israel. That's all we got so far. But they were chosen to do Bible. So now we're going to Exodus 34, verse 10, young line. We're going to Exodus 10 and pick up verse 27. Or skip down to 27 and 28. Exodus 34, 10. Verse 27 and 28. Young line, young son, take your time, come on. We're going over to the book of Exodus, chapter 34. And we want to read verse number 10, 22, down to 28. The book of Exodus, chapter 34. Picking up at verse number 10. Verse 10 reads, And he said, Behold, I make a covenant. Before all your people, I would do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth, nor in any nation. And all the people among which you are shall see the work of the Yahweh. For it is a terrible thing that I will do with you. Verse number 22. And you shall observe the Feast of Weeks, of the first fruit well, of the week. Hold on, young man. Hold on, young man. Well, it says sometimes you got to make sure you be clear on how we what we say it. Now, in that book of Exodus, you know, I ran back real good there, young line, but I want to make sure we, um, we stay in growing in the 34th chapter. Now, you read verse 10. So pick it up at verse 28. And 29, how that sounds. So we want to make sure we stay real tight on the big dignitaries they concern. So now, you read Exodus 4, verse 10. Now look at 28 and 29 real carefully. Come on. Okay. The book of Exodus, chapter 34, verse 28 and verse 29. Verse 28 reads, and he was there with the Yahweh forty days and forty nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. And he wrote upon the table 
the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments, the law of Yahweh. Verse number 29. And it came to pass when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tables of in Moses' hand, when he came down from the mount, that Moses was with not that he that the skin of his face shone while he talked with he, with him. Mm, good. All right, good. So when we said verse twenty seven and twenty eight, you know, we, we had a chance to peep at it. So you read twenty six. But now come back and look at twenty seven and twenty eight there, young line. So that was that. So that's where we at. Look at verse twenty seven. Still looking at verse twenty six. Period. Twenty seven and twenty eight. What is that, young line? Look at twenty seven, twenty eight. Let's keep it real tight. Then come out. All right. We're going back to read the book of Exodus, chapter thirty four, verse twenty seven and twenty eight. Verse twenty seven reads, and Yahweh said unto Moses, Write you these words. For after the tenor of these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. Verse 28. And he was there with the Yahuwah 40 days and 40 nights. He did neither eat bread nor drink water. And he wrote upon the, ta- the table the words of the covenant, the law. Excellent. So now... Again, we find out right now the reason why we talk so much about Israel because we writing about what he just did for the children of Israel. Moses brought them a covenant, and he said the covenant is after the tenor of these words. I have made a covenant with Israel. But the covenant is by the tenor of these words. That means we must know his words to be in a covenant with it. You can be Israel, but if you don't know the tenor of these words, you're not in a covenant with him. Because the covenant is after the tenor of these words, I have made a covenant with the Moses and with Israel. So there it is. So you got to be making sure you understand that it's the tenor of these words that activates the covenant of Yahweh, not you. I'm in a covenant with him, but what is the agreement to the covenant? You know, like when you sign old property or whatever, you got agreement to pay so much, so much. That's the contract. So it's a contract saying this is the tenor of the contract for the children of Israel. That means if they apply this, you in. If you don't, you breach it and you break it, you out. So we're going to run and precept that to a seer, Jeremiah 31, there, young lion. We're going to precept that to Jeremiah 31 and find out more information pertaining to this verse 35 out of verse 37. We want to precept that to Jeremiah the seer and see what he said about this conversation when, his, when he was on the clock. Jeremiah 31, 35, down to verse 37. Young line, come on. 
We're going to the book of Jeremiah the fifth. And we want to read chapter thirty one, verses thirty five down to verse thirty seven. Verse thirty five reads Thus says the Yahweh, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinance of the moon, and the stars for a light by night, which divided the sea when the waves thereof roar. The Yahweh of hosts is his name. Verse 36. If those ordinances depart from before me, says the Yahweh, then the seed of Israel also shall cease from being a nation before me forever. Verse 37. Thus says the Yahweh, if heaven above can be measured, and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all that they have done, says the Yahweh. So he's saying, I made a covenant by these, ten of these words. And I'm clear that what he just said, the only way this covenant be disannulled, the elements that y'all line just got to read, be disannulled. As long as you look up there and you see heaven, the stars, the moon, that means this covenant is in place with the children of Israel. This covenant is, is in place as long as you see the elements above your head. Now we're going to precept that to 33 and look at verse 23, and then he's going to bring in another equation on this. Now watch what he brings in. Right here in Jeremiah 33, verse 23 down to verse 26. What do you say that, young lad? All right. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, verse, we want 23 down to verse 26. Well, yeah, okay, well, read verse 7 just to make it sound good, since you said that. Read 7 just to make it sound good. Just get down to 23. Okay, cool. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 33, picking up at verse number 7. Verse 7 reads, And I will cause the captivity of Yadah-Judah and the captivity of Israel, the northern kingdom, the ten northern tribes, to return. And will build them as at the first. Verse number 23. Moreover, the word of the Yahweh came to Jeremiah the seer, saying, verse 24, Consider you not what this people have spoken, saying, The two families which the Yahweh hath chosen, he hath even cast them off. Thus they have despised my people, that they should be no more a nation before me, before them, before them. 25. Thus says the Yahweh, if my covenant be not with day and night, and if I have not appointed the ordinances of heaven and earth, verse 26, then will I cast away the seed of Israel and David my servant, so that I will not take any of his seed to be rulers over the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. For I will cause their captivity to return and have mercy on them. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to say it again. So now, 
the young lion did bring in northern kingdom Israel and Judah. He did bring that in. So so it couldn't have been no accident. So now so so if we back back to Jeremiah chapter thirty, verse four, can can we make it plain because the question is, it better is this. We don't want to a lot of your lessons, but all we hear you talking about is Israel, and you don't talk about nobody else. That's good. That's, that's pretty good. So we're going to examine and see what you come up with behind these next two lessons on that back. Jeremiah 30, verse 4 and 7. Jeremiah 30, verse 4 and verse 7 says what? The book of Jeremiah, the seer, 4 and verse number 7. Verse 4 reads. And these are the words that the Yahweh spake concerning Israel, the ten northern tribes, and concerning Yadah Judah, the southern kingdom. Verse number seven. And last, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Israel's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. You see that? He said, this is, this is Israel's time of trouble. He said, when you're reading the book of Jeremiah, we can go even deeper, but not when we stand for example. When you're reading the book of Jeremiah, the, the, book of, the whole book of Jeremiah is concerning the children of Israel, northern kingdom, the children of Judah, Israel, the southern kingdom. Let's call it verse 4. Read again, verse 4. Right, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 30, picking up at verse number 4. Verse 4 reads, And these are the words that the Yahweh spake concerning Israel, ten northern tribes, and concerning Yadah Judah, the southern kingdom. You see that? So when you read the Bible, especially when we we using just Jeremiah, for example, the book is concerning the two families of Israel, southern and northern kingdom. That, that's what it's concerning, the two families, southern and northern kingdom. And then David heard all this conversation, and David looked at the thing and said what in 50, verse number 7. David looked at David looked at all this thing by the members of spirit. See what David wrote in fifty verse seven, and we're gonna precept that to six verse four of Deuteronomy. Let's see what David got written that we all can read together in Psalm fifty verse number seven. The book of Psalms, chapter fifty, verse number seven, verse seven reads Here, O my people. And I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against you. I am Yahweh, even your Yahweh. So so the Almighty is saying, hear, O my people. I will speak, O Israel. So his message, the Almighty's message when he was sent, when he sent the angel down, it was to 
all Israel. So, so far, we sin, but now, what do we want Israel to know, all Israel, by precept in your Bible to Deuteronomy 6, verse 4? What do we want all Israel to know according to Deuteronomy out of the heavenly tablets called the first five books? What do you want them to know in 6, verse 4? The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6, verse number 4. Verse 4 reads, Hear, O Israel, the Yahweh, our Yahweh, is one Yahweh. That's what he wants, O Israel, to know. That our Yahweh, one Yahweh. So, if you is Israel, which Israel is not a religion, Israel is a number chapter 1, verse 3 to 5, 16 to 19. Israel is not a religion. It's just like your parents had you. You had no say-so. So once you know what you know, hear, O Israel, your Yahweh is one Yahweh, Y-A-W-S. Now, we're going to look at something in the book of Numbers, chapter 1, verse 3 to 5, 16 through 19. Young line, take your time, come out. All right, we're going to the book of Numbers, chapter 1, verse 3. To five to nineteen. The book of Numbers, chapter one, verse three reads From twenty years old and upward, all that are able to go forth to war in Israel, you and Aaron the seer shall number them by their army. Verse four. And with and with you there shall be a man of every tribe, every one head of the family of his father. Verse 5. And these are the names of the men that shall stand with you of the tribe of Ruth, Eleazar, the son of Shaddai. Verse 16. These were the renowned of the congregation, princes of the tribe of their father, heads of thousands in Israel. Verse 17, and Moses and Aaron the seer took these men, which are expressed by their names. Verse 18, and they assembled all the congregation together on the first day of the second month, and they declared their pedigree after their family, by the, by the family of their father, according to the number of the numbers formed according to the number of the names from 20 years old and upward by their poles. Verse 19. As the Yahweh commanded Moses, so he numbered them in the wilderness of Sinai. Mm-hmm. Read verse 45. Verse 45. 
So, so were all these, I mean, so were all those that were number of the children of Israel by the family of their father from 20 years old and over, all that were able to go forth to war in Israel. So, we find out the rules and regulations children of Israel come together, especially the fathers, the heads of the families, the tribes. The first thing you're supposed to do is go over your pedigree, which means your bloodline. Make sure you know your bloodline. So this was told from the Almighty to tell Moses, tell Aaron, get all the heads of the fathers. Because your bloodline is from your father. The seed line is from your father. There's no such thing as um, they are mixed. That's my half-brother and sister. No, no. Whatever your daddy is, you is. The father carries the seed line, the blood line. So whatever your father is, that's what you is. Whatever you plant in Mississippi and take it to Beverly Hills, California, the same seed. Whatever you plant, that's what it's going to be. See, that's when they tell you you mix a three-quarter this. No, 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 no. Whatever your father is, that's who you is. You got to declare your bloodline from your father. So remember, Jacob had four women, 13 kids, but all of them is bloodline Israelite from the father. Not the mother. The father carries the seed. Whatever your father is, that's what you is. And we're going to preach that that among the children of Israel in 1 Chronicles 9, 1. We get a precept. What does it say in First Chronicles nine one? All right, we're going over to the book of First Chronicles, chapter nine, and we're going to pick it up at verse number one. The book of First Chronicles, chapter nine, and we're picking up at verse number one. Verse one reads: So all Israel were reckoned by genealogy. And behold, all Israel is reckoned through genealogy. So when you Israel, you must always reckon through genealogy, not religion. Israel is not a religion. It is a genealogy. So you don't compare, well, I'm not a, I'm not a Muslim. I'm not an Israelite. I don't know where I am. No. You got no say-so when your parents got together and produced you. You have no say-so of your bloodline that produced you today. Israel is reckoned through genealogy. And, you, and when you come among Israel, you must find out what is your genealogy. Because that's how you reckon. You got it? Good. This is a covenant. Now, we go on to the book of Amos. There, young line. We go on to the book of Amos and take a look at something in Amos 2, verse 11. 
what it says in Amos 2, 11. All right. Going over to the book of Amos. We're going to read chapter 2. We're going to pick it up at verse number 11. The book of Amos. Chapter 2. Verse number 11. Verse 11 reads, And I arise up your son. Verse number 11. And I raise up your sons for fear, and of your young men for Nazarite. Is it not even thus, O you children of Israel, says the Yahweh? Now you see, now you see what, what was told to Amos? He says, 18 nations on the planet Earth, but I've raised up your sons for fear. Did not do this, O children of Israel, to all the ones that got connection with the Almighty One must come out of Israel. All the dignitaries that he raised up, he told Amos to go tell the children of Israel, I raised up your son to be my go-between, the seer. Now, we're going to precept that in 3, 24, 25 on the book of Acts. Now, see, once you precept your Bible, then you'll be your son, not the daughter. The daughters do not have this position. Only the sons have this position. The daughters do not have this position. I raised up your son to be seer, not the daughter. So we're going to precept is an order about everything. And once we understand the order about things, and when you see things is not in order, then you know it's not going to work but temporarily like a band-aid. So when we go to Acts chapter 3 online, what we're going to get is a precept to see that anything change after the sun got back into heaven. Did anything change? And I want to pick it up at verse 24. We're going to Acts chapter 3. And at this time, the Almighty was back sitting on the right hand of his father. Let's see what they were talking about that we can read in Acts chapter 3, verse 24 down to verse 26. What can we read, young lion? Come on. All right. We're going over to the book of Acts chapter 3, verse 24 down to verse 26. The book of Acts, chapter 3, verse 24 reads, Yea, and all the seers, from Samuel the seer, and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. Verse 25. You are the children of the seer who are made with our father, saying unto Abraham, and in your seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Verse 26. Until you first, Yahweh, having Yahweh the father, having raised up his son, Yahweh the son, 
sent him to be blessed, sent him to bless you and turning away every one of you from his sins. Yeah. So there is right there. There go your precept. So this was foretold by the former seer. It was told that you are the children of the seer and of the covenant. See, we have to remind you what was foretold and to rehearse the righteous act according to Judges 5.11. We have to rehearse this righteous act. You are the children of the seer and of the covenant. So that it is on the right side of the book to remind you then the order that he came to you was first. So it was it was brought to you first. You is not an afterthought to the children of Israel. It was brought to you first having raised up the son and sent him to bless you. Now, to bless you, who is the you? We're going to precept that back to Genesis 49, 28. Who is this up under a blessing? Who is the you that we can read is up under this great big blessing that is talked about in the book of Acts after the son is back on the right hand? They knew the you then, but you don't know the you now. Who was blessed? We're going to 49, 28, and we all read together. What does it say? The book of Genesis. Chapter 49, verse 28. The book of Genesis. Chapter 49. We're picking up at verse number 48. 28. 20, I mean. 28. 28. The book of Genesis, chapter 49, verse 28 reads, All these are the twelve tribes of Israel, and this is it that their fathers spake unto them and blessed them. Everyone according to his blessing, he blessed them. You see that? So they didn't have to say it over here because they knew you had your foundation. So he had to say the children of Israel, because he already knew you knew how to preach up your Bible back to Genesis 49 28, because we've been in captivity so long, we have to speak over their head, or under their head, but not in their head, so he couldn't have put down you out of the black you on children of Israel, because he knew you had your foundation understanding from the get-go that this blessing was for the 12 tribes of Israel, every last one of them, if they obey the laws, statutes, and commandments, and after the tenor of these words, the covenant is. That means you have to obey the statutes, laws, and commandments. So you have to be clear what, how, what to obey. And you can't make these mistakes. Like, for example, you have to obey this right here by going to numbers. You have to obey it. And when you see any sign of it is not being obeyed, you know it's not Yahweh. See, everything, we have to be obedient. And we got to obey this. He picked the men group 
to be the overseer. We know it's all over the place this day because we don't obey the covenant. In Numbers chapter 20, young line, what can we read 15 down to verse number 17? We go on to Numbers 27, verse 15 down to verse 17. Listen good. See, when you understand and if you got the Almighty in your life, then you will obey the tenor of these words. If you find anyone do not obey the tenor of these words, maybe because they ain't heard it. Okay, you give them the benefit of the doubt. But once they are heard it, once they are heard the tenor of this word, do you know what he got written? Put your mark on that young line. What if you are heard this already? Then in St. John chapter 9, verse 39 through 41, let's see what happens if you have heard the tenor of these words, but you just ain't gonna pay it no never mind. Now, if you not, if you have never heard it before, then you can say, okay, I never heard that before. So now I got to make a adjustment after I heard it. But if you have heard it before already and you pay it no never mind, let's see what we got written that we can read by him coming in the flesh. St. John chapter 9, verse 39 through 41. What did he say that, y'all? The book of St. John chapter 9, verse, what, what was it? 35 down of Verse 39 through 41. 39. Okay, I'm going to say 39. Okay, the book of St. John, chapter 9, verse 39 down to 41. Verse 39 reads, And Yahweh the Son said, For judgment I have come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. Verse 40, and some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Verse 41, Yahweh the Son said unto them, If you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say, We see, therefore your sin remains. You hear that? So, once you say, oh, I know what we're getting ready to read, but I'm going to let my feelings get in the way, and I'm going to get out of the order, guess what? That's when the clock starts ticking once you say, I know. Now, if you don't know, oh, I didn't know that. I thought it's based upon if I go to school, to college, and go to theologian school, I can be whatever. Whatever I want to be. Yeah, that's in the world. But not according to the Bible. You can go into the world and do whatever desires to be. If you want to be a space, male or female, it's no problem. If you want to be the president of the United States, just go in wrong. It ain't no problem. But the Bible is a whole different type of category. You see, the Bible is totally different. It got 
rules and regulations that we must apply it. It's not how fast you run or how you jump. It's the rules and regulations. We get ready to read the rules and regulations. I don't care how much education you have. And the 27th chapter, verse 15 down to verse 17, what does it say there, young line? All right, we're going over to the book of, we want to read verse 15 down to verse number 17. The book of Numbers, chapter 27. We'll pick up at verse number 15. Verse 15 reads, And Moses spake unto Yahweh, saying, verse 16, Let the Yahweh, the Yahweh of the spirits of all flesh, get a, set a man over the congregation, verse 17, which may go out before them, may go in before them, and which may lead them out, and which may bring them in, that the congregation of Yahweh be not as sheep which have no shepherd. Yeah. Now, if you're in a, if you're in an organization, if you're in a congregation and the man of Israel is not leading the way, it is just like a sheep having no shepherd. Do you know the chaos if you go and see a bunch of sheep and they don't have no shepherd? Hmm. And, and if and if Acts chapter 20 see them, Acts chapter 20, can you imagine a hurdle or sheep having no shepherd? In the 20th chapter there, young lion, look what it says here that if they spot this, we're going to Acts 20, verse 29. 29. We're going to the book of Acts, chapter 20. We're going to pick it up at verse number 29. The book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 20, and chapter 20, verse 29. The book of Acts, chapter 20. Verse 29. 20, verse 29 reads, For I know this, that after my departure shall grievous wolves enter in among you, not sparing, not sparing the flock. Now, wait a minute. So you're telling me, young lion, if a bunch of sheep was out there on the prairie, prairie and they and the wolf comes and see a bunch of sheep mm-hmm. but he sees no shepherd because the shepherd had his bangle and he had his, his couple of his rock wallers with him too and they look and they don't see no shepherd the wolf huh the wolf, he have a 
payday. So you look at the scenario, if you see a woman head of a congregation, mm. it's just like the wolf seeing sheep with no shepherd. That's what you work with, and that would be chaos on the sheep. A lion, a wolf, will look and say, they look around and see, I see, I see all the sheep I want to see, mm-hmm. but I don't see no shepherd. So if there ain't no shepherd there, it ain't going to be no banger there. If there ain't going to be no banger there, there's going to be no rockwallers there, no sheep dog. Man, we might well put our handkerchiefs around our throat and just walk down there and just fall up into some good eating. So that's what Moses said to Yahweh. Sit a man over the congregation to lead them in and to bring them out and lead them in. So if you see a woman over a congregation where men's at, you know that's not from the Bible. That's from you can be all that you can be, but that's worldly. It's not Bible. It's chaos. So if any woman that don't know this, that is not your authority according to the Bible to be in front of men, you better have at no time. It's not Bible-wise. That's worldly-wise. And you're going to lose in the end. Read verse 30. Look at Paul saying verse 30. Book of Acts. Chapter 20, picking up at verse number 30, verse 30 reads, Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking for verse things, to draw away disciples from them. You see that, though? You got men to try to draw you away and say, it's all right to be upon a woman. No. It's all right. A woman can lead, can lead. No, woman can lead on a worldly job, but not a Bible job. The woman don't lead according to Yahweh's Bible. And if any woman even think like that, pull her up and burn it out your brain because it's contrary to the Bible. I don't, you can't be, you can be a mayor, you can be a president, you can be a, a whatever you want to be. But when it comes down to the Bible, it's rules and regulations how far a woman can go, and she wasn't created to lead the man. She was created to follow the man. Okay? Now, give me one more verse in 31. Let's see what, what else Paul says in 31. All right. The book of Acts, chapter 20, picking up at verse number 31. 31 reads, Therefore, watch and remember, that by the space of three years, I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Hey, that's not. Paul said, I'm begging you don't do it. I'm begging you, men, never get out of the will of the Bible. Stay in front of leadership of your family. Stay at the head. I'm begging you with tears. Don't do it because it's contrary to the Bible. I don't care how much 
education the woman has, worldly, but it's not spiritually of the Bible. You don't cross that line. Let's just precept that to the book of Ezekiel 30. Ezekiel chapter 30. Mm, pick up, make it 34. Verse 30 and 31. Let's see if we precept that in y'all line. Let's see if we can get a second witness on that by going to Ezekiel 34, verse 30 and 31. What that say? All right. We're going over there to the book of Ezekiel and Isaiah. We're going to read chapter 34, and we want verses 30 and 31. The book of Ezekiel and Isaiah, chapter 34, verse 30 reads, Thus shall they know that I, the Yahweh, their Yahweh, am with them, and that they, even the family of Israel are my people, says the Yahweh. Verse 31. And you, my flock, the flock of my pastor, are men, and I am your Yahweh, says the Yahweh. The flock of my pastor, according to Yahweh, is men. Men Apostle Paul, 
or what he believed. He said something that he believed in 2414. And let's all read together what he said he believed in 2415. What did he say? Okay. You say 2415? 2414. What do Paul say he believed? Well, we're going to get young line. We're going to get Paul's thoughts. What do Paul believe? You know, Apostle Paul, the Pauline doctrine, what do he believe that we can read? Come on. Okay. Hold on. Can, can, call, call that out for more time, sir, because I, I don't I don't miss that. Chapter 24, verse 1. Chapter 24, verse 14. Okay. All right. The book of Acts. Chapter 24, verse number 14. The book of Acts, chapter 24, verse 14. Verse 14, brief. But this I confess unto you, that after the way which they call hearsay, so worship I the Yahweh of my fathers, believing all things which are written in the law. Talk to me. I'm not laughing with, I'm not laughing with anything. I believe everything I can read. Paul said, I'm reading. So what Paul gave ready to talk about, I can read it. That's what Paul's saying. He said, when I'm coming to y'all, I'm coming to you because I read this in Numbers that the woman, if she leading a congregation, is just like sheep having no shepherd. And boy, the wolf going to have a field day there. Matter of fact, what they'll do? They'll go out and purchase some handkerchiefs and put it around their neck. So they can, you know, really work out. Because they looked around and see no shepherd. The shepherd is men. The flock is men. So now, in Acts 28, before you read that, what we say it is 11 through 15, Paul is still, you know, doing a little talking and Acts 28, there, young line. Paul is still talking. And let's see what Paul say again about what he believes. Let's get a precept on what Paul believes. We're going to Acts 28, and we're going to pick up verse 21. Now, I'll tell you what, make it verse 20 just to make it sound good. 20 to 23 and 31. We want to find out. So Paul said he on his belief thing. Now we want to precept that to Acts 28, verse 21. Now pick up verse 20, just to make make it sound good. Verse 20 to 23 and 31, what it say? The book of Acts, chapter 28, verse 20 to 23 and verse 31. The book of Acts, chapter 28, verse 20 reads, For this cause, therefore, have I called for you to see you and to speak with you because that for the hope of Israel, I am bound with 21. And they said unto him, we neither receive letters out of Yadda Judah concerning you, neither any of the brethren that came showed or spake any harm of you. Verse 22. But we desire to hear of you. What do you think? For as concerning this sect, 
We know that everywhere it is spoken against. Verse 23. And when they had appointed him a day, there came many of him, many to him, and to his lobby, to whom the to whom he expounded and testified the kingdom of Yahweh, persuading them concerning Yahweh is the law of Moses, and out of the seers from morning till evening. Verse thirty one, teaching the kingdom of Yahweh, and teaching those things which concerning the Yahweh the Son, with all confidence, no man forbidding him. Uh-huh. Back up to 26, because you made a profound statement that he was, um, this was for the hope of Israel. And and what we're teaching you now is for the hope of Israel, too. So back up and get a precept on there in the 26th chapter, verse 6 and 7 there. You online? We're going to back up to Acts 26 and get a precept on this, but this is the hope of Israel, too. Because, you know, the question is, why you only talked about Israel and nobody else? <laughs> well, you're getting close to getting out of the nation. Acts 26, verse 6 and 7 says what? The book of Acts, chapter 26, verse 6 and verse 7. Verse 6 reads, And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of Yahweh unto our fathers. Verse 7, unto which promise, unto which promise our 12 tribes, instantly serving Yahweh day and night, for which hope's sake, for which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am a curse of Yadaju. I'm accused. I'm accused by, by Judah. Accused. Hallelujah. He says, you say, oh, wicked Judah, it's accusing me or something. He said, this thing is about the hope of what the father's had on said. He's something that the father's had said. He said, this thing is about the 12 tribes. He said, my thing, I'm on the 12 tribes. But somebody, some of the 12 tribes have a problem with me. And I wonder what, what part of the 12 tribes have a problem with me. Um, give me a precept in Mark 831. Get a precept and see who got, who got a problem with Paul. See, when you precept your Bible, you learn and form, you know, out numbers. But when you can just precept your Bible, and 831, the book of Mark, we're just going to precept the Bible. See, the precept of the Bible is a game changer. So in 831, can you have to see up? All right. The book of Mark, chapter 8, picking up at verse 31. 31 reads. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes three days rise up, rise again. Ain't that some who 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 gonna, who gonna, who gonna deliver who gonna deliver him up there a uh, young line according to eight thirty one the book of Mark, who going to deliver him up? The elder, the chief priest, and the scribe. Hey, that, you see that? So that's the one you better watch. 
That's the one you better watch. Because they the one will deliver you up. The chief priest and the scribe. Can you give me St. John 12, 11, their young line? Can I get a, can I get a can I get and see that it's the chief priest and the scribe that gonna stay you up? But I want to get a precept in 12 verse 11 there, young line. Can you go see up? And 12 verse 11 of St. John. All right. We're going to the book of St. John, chapter 12. And we're picking up at verse number 11. The book of St. John, chapter 12, verse 11. Verse 11 reads, Because that by reason of him, many of Yadah Judah went away and believed on Yahweh. So you had men believing. But, but but you know who didn't believe in? The chief, priest, and threat. So what delivered them up? See, a lot of them believe in boys who ever in life. But the chief, priest, and the scribe, they the one that is going to have the problem. They're going to try to stir the peoples up. And so the people, see, the people is believing what? Forces of the two Israelites, the six anointed camp, over 900,000 plus on the international side, and counting. They believe it. But guess who knows? The WCC, which means the World Council of Churches. It's not that they don't believe, but they're going to do everything they can to trap you up. The Roman Catholic Church, they're going to do everything they can to trap you up. The Latter-day Saints, they'll do everything they can to trap you up. And every last one I have read, they all is Christian. Read the definition, who is the head of the Christians. Let me tell you what. Now, all of them, the WCC, World Council Church, they a form of Christian. The Latter-day Saints is a form of being a Christian. The World Council Churches, the Catholic Church, they is a form of being Christian. But at the head of all, but at the head of the Christians, we want to find out by taking our telephone and ask the question, who is the head of the Christians? And what do you do the young line got that we can read? All right, I'm going to uh, not pull send me somewhere else right now. Uh, let me one second still. I had a I had a had some technical problems real quick. Mm-hmm. So we want to find out, and we all can find together who is the head of the Christian church. When you get to the top of it, like you know, it said the book stop. The book stop here. The head of the Christian church. That's what we want to find out. Yeah, it's a one I state phone and 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 acting right right now. I tell you what, we'll, I tell you what, we'll get it tomorrow. Tomorrow you can make a note of it in writing on that one of. Telephone, the head of a Christian church. We can leave them off because we want to make sure 
that we read who is the head of the Christian church. But let's go back to now Paul saying, I believe everything that is written. In the law, everything that got written, he said, I'm with it. So now Paul is looking for Timothy. And now he said, enlighten Timothy about some things, or Timothy and Titus going to be his one-two punch on keeping the message going forward. So now in First Timothy chapter 2, Paul looked Timothy and Titus eyeball to eyeball and said, y'all know I'm the man of the hour, but I'm anointing you to follow the rules and regulations. So he's talking to Timothy and Titus about this that he wants them to know because they're going to have to carry the word on even up to this day. So now we can look at what 2 11 through 15 says when Paul looked them eyeball to eyeball on the messengers to carry the message. And what he said in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11 to 15. What did he say that young line? The book of 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11 down to 15. Verse 11 reads, Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. Verse 12, But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. Verse 13, For Adam was first formed, then Eve. Verse 14, Adam was not deceived, but the woman being Deceived, which I mean was in the sin, or which was in the transgression. Verse 15. Notwithstanding, she shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith and charity and righteousness with sobriety. Hmm. What he said again, 2 verse 11, you mean Paul said, I believe everything that's written. So he must read the book of Numbers and all the rest of it. What did Paul say to Timothy and Titus in 2 verse 11? In the book of, in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse number 11 reads, Let the woman learn in silence with all subjection. Wow, that was, that was Paul told Timothy and Titus to take that message on. Well, I, I, lo- I love to be a fly on the wall when they took that message on. But, but, but what was the reason? What did he did he say that? It had to been a reason. He must have had something he was going on to make a, a blanket statement like that. He had to have something, young lion. He was working with something. To make a statement like that, he got to be working with something. I think we preach him about why did Paul make such a blanket statement like that? Let the woman learn in silence. Why would he say that? What was he basing that on that we can read? Let's go to the 44th chapter of Jeremiah, and let's find out. Why did he say that? 
let the woman learn in silence. When it comes down to the word of the Almighty, let her learn in silence. If Paul being a stiff-neck, a, a mean man, what is he working with? So we have to do, we have to do, to find out what he's working with, young man, we have to go to Psalms, 119 verse 4 and 104, then precept that to the 28th chapter, verse 8 and 9, 8 through 10 of Isaiah. See, we got to find out why did Paul say that to Timothy and Titus? Why? We got to follow the rules, and then maybe we might get them. Let's see if we find it. What's going on there? Before we get to Jeremiah 44, verse 4, let's see, can we find out whatever we just said? It don't got away from me. So, properly, you'll roll it down and see you on the clock come out. All right. I know he's going to Isaiah, but I got to mention in Isaiah. It got away from me now because that was still said that was given to me, you know why? So if you didn't write it down, then I guess uh, it don't got away, it don't got away from me now. So what 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 was I saying anyway? It don't got away from me because I'd be six steps ahead on something else. Can you recall what I was talking about? I know you said before we go to uh, Jeremiah chapter forty-four, or before we go go to Isaiah. Uh, I what? Well, I know I called it out. Yeah, you called it out. Got, but okay. it, it's, it's gone from me there, young lion. It's been removed it from me. It's it removed from me. You know, so it got away from me. So, hmm. Go back and what was the last thing that we, we, we put down in your life? What was the last thing? You don't got to listen to me now. I know I'm going to, I know I'm going to Jeremiah 44 verse 4, but I did get the stage to find out why did Paul was so blunt of making that statement, let the woman learn in silence. And I said something about some verses there, young man, but it don't got away from me. So I guess it, it, it's not for his lesson then. Okay, so we just go to we go to Jeremiah. You can't recall, so it got away from me now. Let's go to Jeremiah 44. We're going to find out, why did Paul say that? See, Paul said something. Why did he say that? Let the woman learn in silence. A woman do not close her. Uh, have no no authority over the man. Why did Paul say that? What was he working with? We go on seeking, we find out. But he believed everything that was written in the Bible, telling you left side. So you have to have something you was pulling that from. Let's go to the 44th chapter of Jeremiah, verse 4. Let's see, can we find out what Paul was pulling that from to make such a profound statement? Let the woman learn in silence. I, I, I suffer not a woman to have authority over a man. 
that big cocky thing. Why? Where are you pulling it from? Let's investigate it. Now I recall what I said. Spirit brought it back to me again. That was the book of Psalms 119, verse 4 and 104. Then go down to Isaiah 28, 8 through 10. Thank you, WCC. Look at WCC here. That was then. Do, do you want us to read too? No, I want y'all to read. No, no. You just keep jiggling the wise like y'all been doing. See, they, they, WCC, the World Catholic Church, so they pay attention real close. No, you just continue to jiggle around. You keep doing what you do best. Um, according to WCC, it is Psalms 119, verse 4, 104, back up to Isaiah 28, 8 through 10. The book of Psalms, chapter 119, the book of Psalms, chapter 119, verse 4, verse 104, verse 4 reads, You have commanded us to keep your precepts diligently. Verse 104 reads, Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. The book of Isaiah, chapter 28. Verse 8 down to verse number 10. Verse 8 reads, For all tables are full of vomit and filthiness, so that there is no place clean. Verse 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the bread. Verse 10. For precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Mm-hmm. So you must precept your Bible. So the only way Paul can make a statement about what not to do, you got to go precept your Bible and see why did Paul go over to current the Corinthians, which is another branch of Israelites that was scattered, and tell them, let your woman be, um, give me 1434, the 1st Corinthians. Paul still talking. Paul, I don't know if he's digging himself real deep, but we're going to find out. What did Paul say in 1434? 1st Corinthians 1434. We're going to find out why Paul is making these statements there, young man. We got to find out because Paul would not tell Timothy these things. And then he just can't be saying it by being a mean man. He got to be pulling this thing. But we read his resume. He believed everything that's written in the law and into the fears. He said he believes it. So that if you believe it, that means you got to stand on it regardless, whoever to your left, whoever to your right. Let's find out some more on the way to find out something. What you reading there, young line? The book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 14, verse number 34. 34 reads, Let your women keep silent in the 
temple, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also said the law. Wow. That's all what Paul's saying. Now, Paul, he he got to be, he said, then he brought in the law. So Paul said what he was telling you, not he being a mean man, he read it from the law. Now, Paul just said he did. He said, as also says the law. So he said. Also says the law, huh? So so now we got to go back and find out what Paul pulling that from. Mm-hmm. Now we know that in Numbers that was one, but now we want to find out in Jeremiah 44, verse 4, then skip down to 15 till we get our point. And read down from 15 till we get our point. What is it we can read fourth chapter of Jeremiah? Verse 4, then skip down to verse 15, we'll read till we get our point. And I want to know what. What is the tenor of this conversation? Jeremiah 44, verse 4. What, what's going on there, young lion? The book of Jeremiah is said, chapter 44, picking up at verse number 4. Give it down to verse 15. Verse 4 reads, How be it, I sent unto you all my servants to see it, rising early and sending them, saying, Oh, do not this abominable thing that I hate. Wait a minute. Verse 15. Be the one to deliver the knockout blow. 
25, verse 7, Jeremiah. All right. We're going to the book of Jeremiah, the fifth, chapter 25, verse number 7. Verse 7 reads, Yet ye have not hearkened unto me, said the Yahweh, that ye might provoke me to anger with the works of your hands to your own hurt. And that's right. Yahweh is saying that tell him before I hurt him. I'm going to hurt you. Now he said, so it's a bummer thing that he hates. He hates. Now he's going back to the 44th chapter. He's not fear. Go over there and tell him. Tell them, the children of Israel, is some things that's abominable that I hate. Now we're going back to the 44th chapter, and now we're going to pick it up verse number. Pick it up verse number. Pick it up verse number 14. All right. 44, 14. What do 44, 14 say? We're going back to the book of Jeremiah this year. We're going to pick it up at verse number, chapter 44, verse number 14. The book of Jeremiah this year, chapter 44, verse 14, and it reads, So that none of the remnant of Yadadjou, which are gone into the land of Egypt, to sojourn there, should escape or remain. They should return into the land of Yadadzu to the which they have a desire to return to dwell there. For none shall return but such as shall escape. You hear what he's saying? He said, now, Judah, he said, it went down into Egypt, bondage. He said, no, y'all, I ain't letting y'all come up out of there. He talked to the men of Judah. He said, I ain't letting you come up out of there. He told Jeremiah to get over there and do some talking and let them know the one that went down to Egypt, slavery again, and they desired to return back to Judah. But he said, you're not coming back there. You ain't going to do it. I wonder why he said you ain't going to do it. Why? Verse 15, why? Why? Why are you not going to let these men come back to Judah? Verse 15. Verse 15 reads, Then all the men which knew that their wives had burnt incense unto false Yahweh, and all the women that stood by a great multitude, even all the people that dwelt in the land of Egypt and Patro, after Jeremiah the Seer saying, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, young man. We got to investigate this. So what is you telling me going on in here? Then all the men, all the men which knew that their wife was burning incense onto other false Yahweh. The men knew about it. They knew what they were doing. You got men knowing that your woman is out of order. You know it. She out of order. You know it. These men knew 
what their wife was doing. Is that what we're reading in your line? Hallelujah. Why? They know it. They know it. And let's see who's going to address Jeremiah the seer. Jeremiah was sent over there to them, and the man was standing by and knew what his, his, his wife was doing. What did verse 16 say? Verse 16 reads, And for the word that you have spoken unto us, in the name of the Yahweh, we would not hearken unto you. Well, who, who was talking to Jeremiah, young man? Who was telling Jeremiah this? Who was, who was telling Jeremiah? That was the women. I'm going to the who? The women. The women is talking. <laughs> You mean when the fear came to tell the men what Yahweh was saying, mm-hmm. the women were talking? The women. The women. Mm-hmm. Let me, uh, let me see can I get a, uh, get a statement to, um, WCC said, are you sure that's the women talking? Fear, we think we got you now. Oh, yeah? Then you got me now, WCC? Get down to verse 20. Come back in there. Verse 20. Okay, verse 20. Verse 20 reads, Then Jeremiah the seer said unto all the people, to the men, and to the women, and to all the people which had given him that answer, saying. <laughs> okay, good. So Jeremiah, so Jeremiah, Jeremiah heard they statement. But now, we want to back up. I'm bagging up, young man. Back up to verse number 17 and 18. All right, verse 17 and verse 18. Verse 17 reads, But we will certainly do whatsoever thing goeth forth out of our own mouth to burn incense unto the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her. As we have done, we and our fathers, our kings, and our presence in the cities of Yadadzu and in the streets of Yadadzu. For then had we plenty of victuals and were well and saw no evil. Verse 18. But since we left off to burn incense to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto her, we have wanted all things and have been consumed by the sword and by the family. Verse 19. And when we burnt incense to the queen of heaven and poured out drink offerings unto her, did we make her cake to worship her 
and pour out drink offerings unto her without our men. <laughs> what? <laughs> without <Your> our men. <laughs> without our men. So who was talking to Jeremiah? The women. The women. They said we done this thing without our men. And we was and we was all good. So now we was wanna know what why did Paul tell them to hush up? Because they were doing something. They had them got in front of the man. They was burning incense to the queen of heaven with God our men. The men just sit back and just watch it. And when Jeremiah came to tell what Yahweh said, what he hates, the men was in the background, and the women's the one after Jeremiah. The women after Jeremiah said in verse 16. The women said verse 16. What that? What did they say? Verse 16, read. And for the word that you have spoken unto us in the name of Yahweh, we will not hearken unto you. Hey, that's fine. Who, who telling Jeremiah this? The women. The women. The women. What did Yahweh say in, in verse 4 again, 44 4? In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 44, we're going over to verse number 4 now. Verse 4 reads Howbeit, I sent unto you all my servants, the seer, rising, rising early and sending them, saying, Oh, do not this abomination, this abominable thing that I hate. So what? So what do Yahweh hate there? According to what we just got to read over here. So what do Yahweh hate? Paul was so. Mm-hmm. So what do Yahweh hate that he that we just got to read that was going on? The women trying to take lead and and, and running off at the mouth. Hey, that's something. And, and, and how do y'all well, look at that again, according to verse 4? As an abominable thing. Hey, that. <laughs> you, you, hear, you hear this? So now we see why Paul said what he said. Because the women were pouring out to the queen of heaven. And as time progresses on, and Acts chapter 16, verse 16 down to verse 22, this queen of heaven was, was, was similar at this time, but as time progresses on, similar taking on another name in Acts 16, 16 to 22. What's her name? All right. We're going to the book of Acts 16, 16, and 22. All right, we get to the book of Acts, chapter 16. We want verse number 16, and we want verse number 22. The book of no, Acts, down. chapter... And y'all want to take it right down. Okay. Down. Uh, for 16, down to 22. Let's, let's, let's see if we analyze this right here. As Yahweh the Son came and went back to heaven, Paul met the congregation while Yahweh was back in heaven, 
And Paul made profound statements. What was he basing on all this conversation on? Maybe in the book of Acts, we can be clear what Paul, why did he say what he said? Let the women keep a fat mouth closed in the congregation. Maybe we can find out in Acts 16, 16, 22. What do you say? All right. We're going to the book of Acts, chapter 16, picking up at verse 16, reading down to 22. Acts, chapter 16, verse 16, read. And it came to pass, as we went to pray, a certain damp possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which bought her master much gain by food things. Verse 17. The same followed Paul in us and cried, saying, these men are the servants of the Most High Yahweh, which show unto us the way of salvation. Verse 18. And this did cheat many days. But Paul, then grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Yahweh the Son to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. Verse 19. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul in silence and drew them into the marketplace unto the roof. Verse 20. And brought them to the and brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men being Yada Judah, do exceedingly trouble our city. Twenty one. And teach customs, which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. Verse 22. And the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates went off their cloth and commanded to beat them. Wait a minute, young man. Wait a minute. They uh, start beating Paul and started up. Because they, they bring things they from the Most High, and they bring things that's not custom to our ears, and we ain't hearing that. What what was custom to their ears in verse sixteen and seventeen? What were they on? What were they on in verse sixteen and seventeen? The Book of Acts, chapter sixteen, verse sixteen and seventeen. And it was custom to verse 16, 17 read. And it came to pass as we went to pray. A certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met up, which bought her master much gain by soothe saying. Verse 17. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men of the most high Yahweh will show unto us the way of salvation. Read verse sixteen again. But but what but, but what was they what was the people and the big dignitaries what what were they on again in verse sixteen? Verse sixteen read. And it came to pass as we went to pray, a certain damsel, possessed with a spirit of divination, met us which bought her masters much gain by suit saying. Oh! So a woman, she was doing witchcraft. And everybody 
everybody was following the woman's witchcraft. Mm-hmm. The woman was the one that the men and all that been bewitched upon the witchcraft. And it said Paul is bringing up the way of the Most High for salvation. But we love the witchcraft stuff from the women. Is that what we read? We read. Go to the 19th chapter. Go to the 19th chapter. Verse 24 to 28 there, young lion. You're doing excellent on your part. That is all you. You know, the WCC is left, left in the message. we locking out the station. Ain't nobody getting in to come and help nobody. So we oh, are yeah. able to lock out. So that's the way they played it. So, you know, what can we say? It's your thing. Do what you got to do. So now, Acts 19, 24, down to verse 28 says what? Going to the book of Acts, chapter 19, verse 24 down to verse 28. First, the book of Acts, chapter 19, verse 24 reads For a certain man named Demetrius, a silver smith, which made silver shrines for Diana, bought no small gang unto the craftsmen. Verse 25 Whom he called together with the workmen of like you know that by this craft we have our wealth. Verse 26. Moreover, you see in here that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul had persuaded and turned away much people, saying that they be no Yahweh, which are made with hands. Verse 27. So that not only this, our craft is in danger to be set at naught, but also that the temple of the great Yahweh, Diana, should be despised, and her magnificence should be destroyed, whom all Asia and the world worship. Verse 28. And when they heard these things, they were full of wrath and cried out, saying, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. <laughs> I be doggone. Again, you want to take a shot at that, young man? I be doggone. You mean the men again behind the woman. Mm-hmm. The woman was had caught fat mouth going again. And mm-hmm. they were sucking it all in again. Huh? And they and the woman was head of the congregation. The, they was there for the women to show them the way opposite of what Yahweh said. He said, these men here by Yahweh. We on this generation thing from the women. The women was leading the way again. We'll take a shot of that uh, it, uh, on, a, on a little conversation there, young line. What did, what did you get out of verse 24 to 28? Uh, take a shot at it there, young line. You ain't got to go to work. Just take a shot at it. What you get out of them 24 to 28? Well, I get out of that. These uh, 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 men was following a vulnerable woman. 
that they ain't had no problem with uh, following Obama woman, and also they 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 were also was willing to continue after Paul came to the to the teach them the truth. They he they also continued wanting to praise and serve the woman and stay behind the woman. I think that's something. Then you, you said that. Then we read in the 44 quote, we're not going back again. Go tell them on what I hate. So what do Yahweh hate? He hate a, he hate a woman to, to lead and with a loud mouth. I hate that something. Get down to verse 33 to 36. And Acts 19, 33 to 36, say what? The book of Acts, chapter 19, verse 33, down to verse 36. Verse 33 reads, And they drew out, and they drew Alexander out of the multitude, Yadda Judah, putting him forth. And Alexander, uh, and Alexander beckoned with the hand and would have made his defense unto the people. 34. But when they knew that he was Yada Judah, always one voice about the space cried out, Great is Diana of, of the Ephesians, verse 35. And when the town clerk had appeased the people, he said, Ye men of Ephesus, what man is there that knoweth not how that the city of the Ephesians is a worshiper of the great Yahweh, Diana, and of the image which fell down from Jupiter, verse 36. Seeing then that these things cannot be spoken against, ye are to be quiet and to do nothing rashly. You mean they got together in the theater for the mm-hmm. space of two hours they were calling what? Great is Diana. Imagine a crowd. Great is Diana. They in a very big theater. And and all of them with a imagine somebody saying the same thing for two hours. Great is Diana. Great is the Queen of Heaven. You see you see why Paul said and then and these women have the same spirit then and some of them got in now. And that's why you can't tell a woman now that's not your position, because that's why Paul, when he walked right in the door, he said to women, shut your mouth up. Because the women had the spirit of leading the men through the history of it. But Yahweh said he don't like that. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 17. Let's see what Yahweh says. See, Yahweh talks through all the lessons. So if you men got a woman with a fat mouth when you present, Yahweh don't like it. If you mm. men got a woman leading the congregation, Yahweh mm. don't like it. Oh, he hated it. And, he, and, and his hate is perfect. They are going to deal you off by in the background while your mm. woman has got a mouth going and you present. Mm. Unless you call on them to read. I'll read that well. That's being a, being a help me to you. 
But for otherwise taking the lead on running them out, Yahweh said in 44 of Jeremiah, go tell him what I hate. Now we're going to precept that to 13, 17, and another fear, what did he say? In Ezekiel 13, 17. Going to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 13, picking up at verse number 17. 17 reads, Likewise, the Son of Man, set your face against the daughters of your people, which prophesied out of their own mind. And prophesied against their, against you, uh, prophesied thou against them. Ain't that something? He said, he said, well, what, 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 what are the daughters doing again in verse seventeen? The verse seventeen, which prophesied out of their own mind. And prophesied against. And telling the seer, go go prophesize again. Go tell me out of order. Now, you say, he told the seer to go tell them they out of order. They're going to say, well, well when he said all to you, he ain't said nothing to me. <laughs> you see what they're going to say. <laughs> but when he said to you, he ain't said that to me. But he don't operate like that. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 7. 18 through 28 to close the statement there, young line. You, you, you still taught and grassed out, although WCC said we locked everybody out of the room. So they didn't get in the room, they locked out. So, well, that's what I know they're doing. Jeremiah 7, 18 through 28. Let's, and we're going to close the statement line that there, young line. Jeremiah chapter 7, 18 through 28, and the closing statement come out. We're going to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 7, verse 18 down to 28. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 7, verse 18 down to 28. The book of Jeremiah, chapter 7, verse 18 reads, The children gather wood. And the women needed their dough to make cake to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto other Yahuwahs that they may provoke me to anger. Verse 19. Do they provoke me to anger, said the Yahuwah? Do they not provoke themselves to the confusion of their own faces? 20. Therefore, Thus says the Yahweh, Yahweh, behold, my anger and my fury shall be poured out upon this place, upon man, and upon beast, and upon the trees of the field, and upon the fruit of the ground, and it shall burn, and shall not be quenched. Verse 21, thus says the Yahweh of hosts, the Yahweh of Israel, put your burnt offerings unto your sacrifices and eat flesh. Verse 22, for I spake not unto your fathers, nor commanded them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt, concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. Verse 23, but this thing commanded I them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your Yahweh. 
and you should be my people. And walk ye in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well unto you. Verse 24. But they hearken not, nor incline their ear, but walk in the counsel and the imaginations of their evil mind, and went backward, and not forward. Verse 25. Since the day that your fathers came forth out of the land of Egypt, until this day I have even sent unto you all my servants, the seers, daily, rising up early and sending them. 26. Yet they hearkened not unto me, nor inclined their ear, but hardened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Verse 27. For you shall speak all these words unto them, but they will not hearken to thee. You shall also call it unto them, but they will not answer thee. Verse 28. And thou shalt say unto them, This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Yahweh, your Yahweh, nor receiveth correction. Truth is perished and is cut off from their mouth. Thank you, he said, go tell them, but they're not going to listen to you. They're going to always have a comeback statement. And I thought you look at them plainly in Ezekiel 8, 14 and 17, the closing statement in your line. What, what, what do they do? To this day, Ezekiel 8, 14 and 17 in the closing statement. Okay, we're going to the book of Ezekiel. It's there. Chapter 8. Verse 14 and verse 17. We're going to the book of Ezekiel, the fifth, chapter 8, verse 14, read. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Yahweh's temple, which was towards the north. And behold, there sat women reaping for Tammu, the devil. Verse 17. Then he said unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Is it a like thing to the family of Yahdah Judah that they commit the abomination which they commit here? For they have filled the land with violence and have returned to provoke me to anger. And lo, they put the branch to their nose. Ain't that Young man, your hair tall and grass style, no doubt about it. But we got a lot out of the tape number four, so... Well, you got to tell this national audience and your closing statement is all yours and you all to be with everybody. Remember, tomorrow at 6 o'clock, be back on the airway. Your line, your, it's all yours. Excellent your part. Come on. Thank you, Yahweh, for another blessed day to read his word. Thank you, Yahweh, for the opportunity to meet the Sith, Israel, of Steve Roy, to be able to learn the word of Yahweh. Uh, thank you, Yahweh, for my wife and children to be able to teach them the word, the laws of Yahweh. And I also want to thank Yahweh for the elders, the mothers, all the brothers and sisters in the 60 million camp, and also the teachers, and uh, for bringing the 12 tribes of Israel under one name and one law, Y-H-W-A, Yahweh. I want to read Isaiah chapter.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.